page 232. I'm reading from chapter 1, verses 13 through 26. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you invoked as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during a time of your exile. You know that you are ransomed from the fertile of futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him, you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are set in God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not a perishable, but a imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That word is the good news that was announced to you. Amen. When my girls were really little, in fact, this even before Marn was born, we owned an old Subaru wagon. Now, you know how Subarus are. They, they last forever, or they can. I think we were the third owners of this little red wagon, and uh, it, was, it was barely holding together when we had it. It had a lot more rust than it had body, I think. And we actually were not even the last owners. We passed that wagon on to our, our neighbor across the street, who luckily knew how to tinker with cars. And I swear he kept that thing together on, you know, faith and duct tape. And that, that's, he would hold it together with duct tape and paint it the same color as the car. Now, that is just what we expect with the stuff of, of the earth, of the materials that we have here on the earth, including our bodies. That as they age, they will become more and more decrepit. They will fall apart. And, and, and there will be pieces missing from them, perhaps. 
But the exact opposite is true of our spiritual journey and the stuff of our spiritual journey, which is our souls. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Last week I talked to you about grace, how God's love acts in our lives as a force that is prevenient, comes before anything we do, that is justifying, puts us right with God, that is sanctifying, makes us holy. And what I'm going to describe today is the effect of that love in action on our souls. Last week was about the force and the power, and this week it's about the effect that it has on us. I need to begin with the fact that our souls are holy, and this is, it all has to do with, the, if you look at the title of the message today, it's holy, 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 three different spellings of that. So we're going to begin with holy, H-O-L-E-Y. We have to admit that we are holy. We're like that old Subaru that was more rust than body there. We, our souls are full of holes. And I'm not talking about a doctrine of original sin, that we're born corrupt and riddled with sin, so much as the fact of human nature. Human nature is, we just are naturally selfish, self-centered, prideful, stubborn. We turn away from God. We make a lot of mistakes. We can hate other people. Let's face it, that's how human beings are or can be. And the holes that are in our souls are created by ourselves and by other human beings. That's why we have holes. We get torn apart and into pieces by the things that we have done to our own souls. We are holy. You don't hear me talk about sin often. I'm not really a hellfire and brimstone kind of preacher. I'm mostly positive, but every once in a while I have to talk about sin. Because here's the truth, folks. You cannot get to salvation unless you go through sin. And I don't mean run out there and sin so you can experience salvation. I mean, and I don't mean just like passing go, like you wave at sin, so yeah, I've heard of sin once upon a time. I mean, you have to, within your own life, come to grips with your own nature and your own sins and your own holes. You have to admit it. You have to confess it. You have to be sorry about it, mourn over it, repent of it. The whole thing, you need to absolutely come face to face with those holes in your life. To the point where you come to God and say, I am a mess, God, and I need your help. Because that is the beginning point, then, of salvation. The doctor can't heal you unless you go to the doctor and say there's something wrong, right? Salvation can't begin until we get right in there and grub amongst the sin and then come out on the other side. So to begin with, admit I am holy. I am full of holes. But Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Forgive me. I accept your grace. And I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And God's grace will work on our souls to justify us, start filling in the holes, smoothing out all the, the problems, making us right with God, and starting us on a new life. That's where new life begins. We are converted, we are reborn, we are regenerated. And then what? Okay, a lot of people stop right there. You know, they stop with, my sins are forgiven, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Okay, I'm done, I'm finished. Okay, that's, that's fine, I've got it for the rest of my life. 
And here is where I think churches often, we do fall down. We're really into, oh, I want to bring a person to Christ. I want to bring a person to Christ. And we bring them there and just kind of drop them. But there's more to it. And this is where Wesley's theology and, and practice was so brilliant. Because he said, you know, nobody stops there. Life doesn't stop there unless you're maybe converted on your deathbed. We have the whole rest of life to go. So what happens to our souls in the whole rest of life? God doesn't stop working on us. That's the good news. God, grace in action is love for life. The Holy Spirit keeps working on us. And I want to talk about two different ways that it keeps working on us. One is to bring us assurance. Assurance. Wesley called this, besides assurance, he called this the witness of the Spirit. And this is how it works. The Holy Spirit witnesses to our spirit and says, you are a child of God. That's assurance. The Holy Spirit witnesses to our spirit and says, you are a child of God, spirit to spirit, like heart to heart, beating together. It witnesses to our spirit. And of course, the immediate question is, well, how exactly does that work? That's a good question, and Wesley addressed that question a lot of times. He said, this, he said, the truth is, it's really hard to describe how this works. It's not like hearing a voice, which would be nice and handy. You know, people might hear kind of a voice. He said, it's, it's something that's happening on the inside of you. It's a spiritual thing. It's hard to put into words how this works. But you will know. He said, you will know. You can know this assurance. This is good news, folks. You can know this assurance. He goes, it is going to be as different as, as sunlight is from candlelight. Most of us live in candlelight spiritually. You know, we kind of get a little bit of dim light of God. He said, but when that Holy Spirit witnesses to your spirit, it will be like the sun flooding in on your soul. It's so hard to describe. It's, it's kind of like describing to a person how to drive a standard shift car when they've been used to an automatic all over the I taught Chris how to drive with a clutch. And if some of you have done this at some point, you know how this goes. They go, well, exactly when do I let up on, on the gas and put my foot in on the clutch or vice versa? And you go, you'll just feel it. And it really bugs them. <laughs> but it's true. You just have to feel it. You just have to listen for the Holy Spirit, and it will witness to you. And what it will witness to you is you're a child of God. And not only are your sins forgiven, but they are forgotten. This is how God forgives. Human beings, how do we forgive? We usually forgive, but it's still there in our minds. We still remember. But when you receive this assurance, you receive assurance not only that your sins are forgiven, but they are gone as if they never were. And you are made whole. You are wholly forgiven. W-H-O-L-L-Y. This is the holy part. Assurance, And you know, not everybody is going to receive this. Some of you may be sitting there going, oh, I never felt like that. That's, that's true of most of us. We can have faith, we can believe, we can be saved, we can be reborn, but a lot of us will never feel this assurance. I knew a woman named Cleo, she was in her 90s and waiting for death, but waiting for death with fear because she did not feel assurance. She still had burdens of, of guilt on her that she'd never, ever been able to fully give to God and feel a sense of assurance. And it was a tragedy. It was really sad for me. And I prayed, prayed earnestly for her all the time that she'd feel assurance. And 
It comes through simply being open and ready for God's grace to work in our lives. And that's true of this next thing that the Holy Spirit and grace can do in our lives, and that is to make us holy, to make us holy, H-O-L-Y. You heard in that First Peter passage that we are to be holy as God is holy. And maybe you're like me, you read those passages and you go, yeah, right, how am I going to be holy like God is holy? Well, we can't do it. God can do it in us. God can make us perfect. God can make us perfect. God, grace continues to work on us to sanctify us and make us perfect and holy. You know, Wesley preached about Christian perfection, I think, more than anything else. This was one of his standard sermons was on Christian perfection, and he repeated it and repeated it and repeated it because people needed to hear this message. You can be more. Don't stop when you're justified. Keep going. Keep letting grace work in your life and making you holier and holier and holier. And this doesn't mean, perfection doesn't mean that you never make a mistake again. Or that you're now guaranteed that you will never slide backwards and, and turn from God. That is not what it means. Christian perfection, according to Wesley, was perfect love. Absolutely able to love as God loves. Maybe you have not felt that longing in your heart, but I, have, I feel that so many times. I, and, and I pray to God, please let me love. I love a lot of people, but I do not love yet as Christ loves. And I love God, but I do not love God as much as I would like to with my whole heart and strength and mind and soul. I love that the children sang about with my whole heart. You know, that, do you long for that? Do you ever long for that? We can't do that on our own. As human beings, we can never, ever, ever love in this way unless we let grace work on our souls to allow us to love and forgive in this way. Perfection is being made perfect in love. Do you know what? And we are created with a spark in the image of God. So we can do this. This is attainable. Wesley said, he really wanted people to know this is possible. Some people said, you can't be made perfect until you die and are in the kingdom of God. Wesley said, no, in this life you can be made perfect and holy. And you are going on to perfection. It's like being perfectly tuned to God's will. Some of you may still have radios, you know, we have so many digital radios now that this is not as true as it once was, you know, but you may still have those radios that has a dial, and you have to dial to get the station, and you're going back and forth, and there's all this other noise going on until finally you get it tuned in perfectly to that voice that you wanted to hear. And that's what, when you are perfected in love, you are tuned to God's will and to God's love, and you're receiving it clearly despite all the other things. We are shaped by grace, shaped by grace, into something that it can love perfectly. I've been holding in my hand during this time a piece of wax, and it's actually not, I think it's because it's so cold today. You know, a wax, it, when it's cold, is very brittle and hard, but it, as you would, if it keeps getting warm and heated, it can be shaped. If we continue to open ourselves to grace, to pray to God, for assurance and to be perfected in love, God will continue to shape our souls in the same way we would with just a piece of wax. It is possible. In the next couple of weeks, I'll be sharing with you some of the ways and means of grace of allowing ourselves to be open, to be made perfect. Amen.